So let's see. This week, oh my gosh, guess what's releasing this week, Ian? Um, it's something that you're really excited for. Uh, I don't know. I think oh, I know what you're did. talking about, but I've but I have a feeling that if I try and say it, you'll steal it from me. Go say it. Thief. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and it's really funny that you're really excited. Pick up on my cue. What? Oh, was I supposed to steal it from you? Oh, yes. stealing! Oh, I get it! Oh, that was brilliant! And I completely missed it! Oh my god, oh. This is 8-Bit, episode 67. The internet is breaking the internet. On Sunday, February 23rd, 2014. And now, your people need you. Time to go. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Alright, so, are we here to talk about weekends, or are we here to talk about video games? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> turns out, I did have the, uh, the music game in here. It was the first thing, and we just totally somehow missed it, uh, when we were reading through. So, it looks like Saints Row 4 won't be the only game with a dubstep gun for long. Harmonix... Uh, the makers of Rock Band, are teaming up with the creators of Counter-Strike Global Offensive to make a music-based shooter. And the music uh, will be shifting as you do things in the game, and it'll be important for you to like time your shots to coincide with the beats of the song uh, and stuff like that. It'll be free-to-play, and it is coming later this year. Harmonix is not the name of the game, actually. No, no, no. Harmonix is the name of the company that's making the game. Yeah. Because they're the makers of Rock Band. And the game is Chroma? Yes. Yes, right. It's called Chroma. Did you delete that? Make sure to delete the article that I had. I, I did, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> we had talked about that a little bit before the show started. Um, but yes, think, that looks... I think that's why I missed it, because I was looking for the word Chroma. Same. Instead of harmonics, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But no, that I'm honestly excited for that game. You know I like first-person multiplayer shooters. And I like music-based shooter, er, games. <laughs> I mean, I do too. I probably have more hours rock, rocked on Lock Band, um, logged on Rock Band, um, and other but, such things. In but do you have more hours in Rock Band than I have in Audio Surf? Because I have 51 hours in Audio Surf. Actually, probably, because I played a lot of Rock Band and Guitar Hero when I was at home, and then I would always uh, Brady and I would always play it when we were over at his house. Mm, yeah, for several hours. Probably, probably then. Yeah, that looks cool. And the fact that it's um, that if you you have to time your stuff just right, otherwise um, otherwise the shots don't go off as well, or you lose various abilities and whatnot. Or your grenade might explode at a time when you don't want it to. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Silly you. Silly you. Um, but yeah, that that I I think I might actually have a slight advantage in that. Yeah, Ben Geek. That being said, I also have have to wonder what happens if there's server lag. That's a good point. Hmm. I don't know. So, I mean, for something that's based on beats, I've I've had enough issues with server lag with playing with League to know that there can oftentimes be a several second delay before what you do as an action and what actually happens on screen. So, right. Either they're going to have to do like a localized server. For each game, like where one person hosts, uh, and the rest of the people kind of join up to that computer, or yeah, but then that one computer will have an advantage over everybody else. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. We'll see. Yep. 
and find a way. All right, well, I know it's not a new game, but an old game that we reviewed and talked about and played a little bit. Dear Esther is actually getting remade again, um, this time in a new engine. So apparently it's been really, really difficult for it to keep up with the source engine. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he's been working on a Unity build for the past few months after running into countless issues with Source during the outsourced developments of the Linux and Mac ports. And then, of course, also due to licensing problems and huge middleware bills, the team could not continue to support the ports once the contractor's terms had finished. That's really weird because, like, the Source engine is uh, on Mac and Linux, and so you'd think that any assets that they have in the game would just kind of translate over nicely, but I don't know. No, yes, not. But as I said, it's getting transported to Unity instead now. Um, completely remade in Unity. So it, I'm not and, sure. and it's just going to be like exactly the same game, right? Like they're not doing anything different. Because the game as it is, I mean, it was pretty meh for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't just pretty meh. It was really meh for me. It was. Though. It was like gone home without anything interesting happening. Speaking of which, I need to play that game. Yeah, you do. <laughs> How long did you say it was? Two hours? Uh, yeah, it took me two, maybe three hours. Yeah. Okay. Maybe once we're done with the podcast, because I, I don't have any homework to do tonight. Because, mm. well, the class that I had canceled um, had homework, and so that I don't necessarily have to do anything extra for. One is a swimming one. One is a music theory one. Um, and we're just going... Own gone home? Uh... I should. Okay, because if you don't, like, uh, oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yep, you're good. You're golden. Go play it. Um, so Ken Levine, you know Ken Levine, right? Uh, name sounds familiar. Bioshock. Yes. Yes. Uh, so he is actually going to be winding down Irrational Games to about 15 of its members for their next project, uh, because it's going to require a very long kind of planning time uh, out of out of the development. Um, he almost went with like an entrepreneurial approach, but 2K convinced him to you know stick with them and not completely close the uh, um, the studio. So the goal for that for this next project is to make a narrative game with high replayability, which is a pretty tall order because I you know I haven't gone back and played Bioshock Infinite even though it was glorious and had a great story. Nice. Um, the so the employees who are being laid off are being given you know as much support as possible. They they're actually having a jobs fair uh, for you know uh, other 2K companies to come and hire former Irrational employees and even like third party companies uh, have been in, invited to interview them for positions. Um, and for as an example of like this, the uh, a studio called Firehose Games who are also in the in the Boston area. They are kindly offering free office space to laid-off developers who want to go indie. Mm. Ooh. Wow. Also, yeah, like he's I, he's taken kind of a pretty big risk here by going this direction. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, what? Spit it out. You have a question? No, no, never mind. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they come up with because he's been talking about like uh, narrative like Legos and you know having a story that like builds itself instead of you know being like uh, hard written you know by by a human person like having having a game that just kind of gets created as you play and so each time you play it'll be different and I think that's where the replayability is supposed to come from. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of games with, uh, you know, in unconventional story modes, Titanfall, it just keeps kind of getting crazier and crazier. We, thanks to the official art book, we now know that there will be NPC animals wandering around on certain maps. And some of the animals will be harmless, but some not so much. So they've got some, like, pictures of giant monstrous things that, you know, you'd expect to see in, like, Star Wars, uh, from the art book. I think, I think I might have to get this game. I wasn't planning on it until the beta, but I think I'm going to have to get this game. Yeah, no, I'm definitely... It, it looks really cool. I just have to wait till I have enough, you know, money for it. Yeah. However, you know what's probably not going to be all too, too expensive? What? Um, the game that Double Fine is now taking underneath their wings. So, Double Fine fans developing um, some rejected Amnesia Fortnite prototype game. Uh, so, the game that they are developing is something called Bad Golf 2. <laughs> And what you do in the game is apparently four players simultaneously play golf while attempting to dodge their buddies who are hunting them with, with golf carts. Okay. So this sounds just absolutely strange and absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. And so the uh, um, so Double Fine has oh wait no sorry no the fans of Double Fine um, uh, have decided to take it underneath their wing. Yeah, but it looks like, let's see, I don't know. So the, the Double Fine guys are obviously aware of this and, and very supportive of it, but I don't know what they're, if they're even able to do anything to contribute to it. They yeah. already have a GitHub repo going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I think it's, it, it's, it not, it's not necessarily Double Fine itself, but just people within the company who are big fans of the game who want to see it getting going. Okay, all right, because it, it is, like, well, it's, it, they have a, a forum page for it, on yeah. the Double Fine forums. Yeah, and there's there's quotes there from employers of Double Fine itself. So um, so there's uh, actually when, on the article, there's a quote from a guy by the name of Patrick Hackett, a senior gameplay programmer at Double Fine and author of the original Bad... Oh, I guess, never mind. He was the author of the original Bad Golf 2 concept. Yeah. Um, but that's, oh, yeah, it's getting developed. That's pretty great. <laughs> yep. So do you remember... You remember Twitch Plays Pokemon, right? Of course. I yeah. had to explain it to Sarah the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I've, and then, of course, the False Prophet was released. Yeah, I've been loving the, you know, just listening to the stories from this and seeing all the artwork that people are making. The The GIFs are wonderful. Um, but another side effect that it's been having is it's been causing chat issues across Twitch, like even for other channels that have nothing to do with Twitch Plays Pokemon. Um <laughs> So Twitch moved it to a dedicated event server, which they usually only do for, like, you know, big League of Legends champions, championships and stuff. Um, and that still hasn't even fixed the problem entirely. So they're working on, you know, fixing some underlying issues uh, of the chat system itself. Um, I guess it's a good thing that they're, you know, being made aware of these problems and that they now have to fix them. Yeah, but the Internet is breaking the Internet. I don't know if I like it. I don't think that there's anything else that's capable of breaking the internet. Uh, if you unplug it, it may. Right. Just point me to the power outlet. It's not a power outlet. Haven't you learned from South Park that it's actually a giant modem over in Silicon Valley? No. I don't watch that show because it's stupid. Usually I say the exact same thing. This this was just one episode that I happened to watch because it was on TV when I was working out one time. Um, getting slim. Getting slim. Um <laughs> And so the entire internet was went out over the entire world. 
until... No, that's right. Um, so the South Park kids eventually went to the home of the Internet, which was just a giant modem um, in a huge underground cave uh, over in Silicon Valley. And you know what they did? They plugged it back in. They they unplugged it for five minutes and then plugged it back in. <laughs> it started right back up and everything was great again. Oh, South Park, you're so silly. Actually, I've been enjoying something else by them. I recently downloaded the, um, or bought and downloaded the soundtrack to the Book of Mormon. Oh, Lord. Hasadiga Ibowai. Great. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll find the video and play it for you on the fringe later, if there is a video. You trust me, you'll enjoy it. All right, um, excuse me, in the meantime, oh, that's right, where is that? Okay. So you guys, do you guys remember um, that game? <laughs> Pretty awesome. How about you say the subtitle because it's a better subtitle? I don't remember. A reckless disregard for gravity. Uh, fine. I mean that describes the uh, like the first title describes the the game very well, but oh, the gosh, yes. the uh, second one is easier to for people to understand what you're talking about. Yeah, I suppose. Um, all right, so they, they're they making another game that looks weird, and it's sort of a novel concept, but at the same time it's not, but I don't know of any other game that's been done this way. Does it have anything to do with going really fast? Kind of. Okay. In some ways, very much so, kind of. So do, uh, do you happen to know um, what a bullet hell no. sort of game is? No. All right, so a bullet hell game is a 2D shoot-em-up. Usually it's done with ships. Like spaceships and whatnot. So you have like a twin stick shooter. How do you mean? Like uh, uh, Geometry Wars or Beat Hazard or probably Asteroid. Not not quite. Um, think more Space Invaders. Okay. Okay. Sort of thing. Um, where it's so a bunch of enemies and then the screen is usually just filled with bullets and you have to dodge the bullets while shooting whatever shooting back at you. Okay. Um, and Bullet Hell refers to these sorts of games when there's just absolutely ridiculous amounts of projectiles on the screen that you have to dip and dodge, duck and dip and dodge um, around. Super hot. Super hot. Um, Sounds like you're describing that. No, much different. Much different. I'll, I don't... Look up... I don't know. But it's called a Bullet Hell game for a reason, just because there's that m- many bullets on there. Um, but so... What these guys did um, is they made, uh, and it was also released yesterday, a game called Drunken Robot Pornography. Don't ask me where the name comes from, I couldn't tell you. But it is a first-person 3D bullet hell game. Oh, that's why I'm really confused. Because you're talking about the next one that you're... Okay. Oh, did I? Yeah, you totally skipped. (laughs) Sorry, I thought... Oh, that one. Yeah. So I saw the three A's and I thought it was like, ah! But you're talking about, uh, okay, so we're talking about drunken pornography. Yes. Robot pornography, right. Yes, drunken robot pornography. Which has nothing to do with actual robot pornography, drunk or otherwise. I, I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what um, robots to get off to. That's their own business, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the weirdest look from Sarah. <laughs> so, so... Uh, what is it about this game that you, you're interested in, in, like the the bullet hellness or the uh, the title? More so the bullet hellness than anything. I've I have or I've played a few bullet hell games um, and have enjoyed quite a few. 
bullet hell games. Um, and this one's in a 3D world, so that's going to be first person shooter, entirely so different. Yes. Man, okay, that's going to be unique. So it says, let's see, drunken robot pornography will have you leaping across 52 levels, dodging lethal laser beams and taking down titans as giant robot bosses. If that wasn't enough content, the drunken robot pornography Steam Workshop is also packed with more than 300 titans and 100 maps. You should play it and let us know I, I how it is. Money first. Yeah. Let's see. Um, actually, if we get it first, though, uh, or get it quick, though, we have just a few more days until this... Um, it's only fifteen bucks, right? Or sorry, it's fifteen bucks usually, but it's only twelve right now until February twenty sixth. So yeah, actually, if you go on Steam, um, a good example of a bullet hell game is called Ikaru, um, Ikaruga. Okay. Anyway, so Microsoft has announced a media remote for the Xbox One, which could be interpreted as an acknowledgement that the Kinect's voice commands aren't as easy to use as they originally pitched. Um, it's coming out in March, and it costs $25. Um, and it's, you know, it, 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 in addition to being able to just control, you know, like the streaming apps and, and, you know, stuff that you're playing directly through the Xbox, it can also, you know, act as a universal remote, you know, by using uh, the Kinect's infrared blaster, uh, you know, to send commands to other devices in the room. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Always like devices working together. <laughs> Just like you and me. Yay. For we are the robots. And um, we must uh, assimilate all of the other bots to our bronus. We are many, for we are Legion. <laughs> I love Legion. He's the best robot ever. Robots. He was my favorite, though. Alright, um... So the one that I was supposed to talk about last time and accidentally jumped to the one that I did talk about, <laughs> which bugs This is out. not a bullet hell game at all. No, not in the least bit. <laughs> um, though there is lots and lots and lots of dodging involved. Um, so the game that I'm talking about is actually on Kickstarter. Um, it, let's see. Uh, it's looking for AAA shooter production values. So it's looking to be graphically one of the top games that's out there, and gameplay-wise, one of the top games that's out there. So it's set a lofty goal of 300000 um, wow. Canadian dollars by March 17th. Um, that being said, it actually, I guess in some ways, it almost sounds like um, Mirror's Edge because it's specifically um, a parkour survival game is what it's called. Um, the game itself is named Seven Frame, um, and supposedly the story focuses on an oppressive state that frames ordinary citizens for crimes. And through the course of the seven episodes, you will play as seven different characters caught up in the web of deceit. Finished Project also hopes to include a single-player campaign and multiplayer focused on framing other players and a stealth mechanic. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. Oh, and that's, this makes sense. So uh, the three hundred thousand dollar funding goal doesn't really seem that high if you're wanting a triple A game. So if you're wondering as to why they're just shooting for that, it's apparently they already have um, access to a grant of four hundred thousand because of some innovative technology that will be in the game. Like I believe that they've been doing some motion capture stuff and whatnot. So and actually it looks really pretty just from the few screens that, screenshots that I've seen. And this is what they have before the finished project. So. Yeah, I'm excited for this. So, you know how we like to talk about EVE Online's really crazy battles that they have? Yes. 
Well, those uh, obviously are just kind of the tip of the iceberg because, you know, we don't even play EVE and there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes down in that game. <laughs> um, and I think I believe last year we talked about how they were looking for players to submit their, you know, true stories uh, so that they could, you know, I think at the time they are planning on making like a novel out of it. Um, but now they they have come out with a comic book series um, called Eve uh, Eve Online True Stories and issue one is right now it's it's out right now and it's free for now so you should go check it out at uh, Dark Horse's uh, website. Dark Horse, and... Dark Horse, Dark Horse, he's bad. I feel like you say that every time I bring them up. Well, because well, think about the letter. Every single time the name comes up. What happens? Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> um, and I, it's it's really good because it was like it was written by um, a comic book writer who had a, a long stint on uh, Deadpool, and he actually he actually wrote the Deadpool game, so it's quality oh. stuff. Wait, who wrote the Deadpool? Wait, so the same guy that wrote this wrote the Deadpool game? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, no, sorry, I was thinking. Um, I know that Christopher Hastings had done something. With Deadpool had written some, oh. but that was that was the Fear itself comic, which I actually have sitting here in my room right now because it's Christopher Hastings, so I couldn't resist. Of course, because Doctor McNinja is absolutely fantastic. That's one of the best web comics out there. Yeah, in my humble opinion, I I very much so agree. <laughs> All right. Oh, hey, look, that's me. Yes, it is. So other things that I usually cannot deny um, are. Well, are any, is anything made by Bethesda? So, um, a long time ago, a game called Wolfenstein came out. Originally, it was called Wolfenstein or Wolfenstein, whatever you want to call it, 3D. Um, I actually played it a lot when I was younger, or at least just the first few levels that came on this big disc of game demos that my grandpa got. Mm, dude, children um, can be entertained by game demos for so long. Yep. I don't understand how their little minds work. But I mean, it was it was fun because I got to go through all the rooms, hit space a million times along all the walls to try and find all the secret doors, <laughs> get the ultimate weapons, and shoot up some Nazis. Though I didn't really know what shooting Nazis had, other than hey, they're shooting at me, so I need to shoot them back. Um, and so, my so what's grand- going on with Wolfenstein right now? Yes, sorry. Uh, so Bethesda um, has announced. Uh, well, okay, they announced it a while back. Um, uh, they they are making a remake of Wolfenstein. It's called Wolfenstein: The New Order, and I think it's I think it's more than just a remake. I think it is like a sequel or a continuation of the series. That's what it seems like because it's set later than the original one was. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you can pre-order the game now, which I would suggest doing because oh well, it's it's Bethesda. You might as well. You also get um, you will also be able to get. Pro or not the prototype beta access as well as for sure regular access to um, the next Doom game. So too old like Doom. Doom is probably one of the oldest first-person shooters that we know of, as well as Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. So you buy this one game and you get remakes um, and sequels to each of two of the most original. Well, not the most original, but two of the original um, first-person shooters. But oh yeah, it has. If you guys go and look at the page, it has a YouTube video that has me excited for it. And keep in mind, this is Bethesda Softworks, so they are the same guys that brought us um, uh, Stab, Sneaker Run, Stab, Corvo Otano, um, Dishonored, 
Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry, it's been a long day. Wait, uh, wait. Bethesda Softworks is the publisher, correct, on this? Uh, yes. Who, who's developing it, do we know? Well... Is that id software? Or is it doing Doom? Because Doom is id's thing, right? Actually, no, it's just, well... Okay, here, let me turn, mute it really quick. Just says Bethesda Softworks so far... Oh, oh, Machine Games. Okay, okay. But it is, even if it's being published by Bethesda Softworks, it's still going to be good. <laughs> because Bethesda. Right, sure. I mean, I, I put more uh, emphasis on the developer because I like the people who made them. But, you know, yeah, publishers, publishers are important. Mm-hmm. I like both. So, the PS4, how long has it been out, Ian? I don't know. Like, well, since November, I think. You know, oh, since November? What? Okay, never mind, sorry. Um, three months. Yeah. Uh, so oh, it's, it's, it's as old as mine and Sarah's relationship. Okay, got it. <laughs> that's <laughs> if that's how you remember when the PS4 and the Xbox One came out, that I that's acceptable. I like it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, do you know where the PS4 wasn't out uh, in until now? Um, am I allowed to cheat and look at the show notes or not? It's Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but. The PS4 is now out in Japan, uh, and it's, like, I, I can't believe that, you know, they would do that to their home market, you know, not bring their big next-generation console to, to, you know, to the market until three months after everybody else got it. Well, they like, want to work out all the kinks and bugs. I suppose, but, like, Microsoft... Can you imagine Microsoft doing that in America? Just ignoring the, the American market until three months after they launched it everywhere else? Tits would be flipped. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. If I was Japanese, I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> Actually, I... Okay, so, funny story. Um, Sarah is quarter Japanese, and something that my roommates like to do is poke fun at her for that sometimes. And The first thing that came to my head is when, when you re- when, I, when you announced that was, so Sarah's people can finally play the PlayStation 4. <laughs> Sarah, your people need you. Time to go. Time to go. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to leave. He's not for long. All right. Um, let's see. Not the whole thing. Sorry. Um, daylight, 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 daylight. Humble oh, did I never put in humble bundle? Oh, humble bundle. Hey, look, we're up there. I'm good at this. So, what's humble in the humble bundle this week? No humble bundle. Um, uh, it's the humble indie bundle eleven and. We have two games in there that I'm really excited about. Dust and Elysian Tale, which won a bunch of different reward, or, mm-hmm. yeah, awards, okay. as well as Anti-Chain. So, yeah, Dust is highly recommended by Katie. Um, remember, she, she reviewed that for us. Yeah. Um, it looks so gorgeous, too. I don't know. Anti-Chamber was kind of fun, but I, I could not get a grasp of most of the puzzles, and I gave up on it pretty quickly. <laughs> Like, I've only spent a few hours in the game, uh, and I, I don't think that I'll be going back to it for a very long time. No, all right. But, oh my gosh, Monaco's in there. Oh my gosh, Monaco. Yeah. Oh. Monaco, Antichamber, The Swapper, Gianna Sisters, Twisted Dreams, Dust and Elysian Tale, and Guacamole Gold Edition. The Swapper also looks really interesting. I haven't had a chance to play it, but... Uh... That, I remember when that came out and everybody uh, was kind of all abuzz about it. And not even all the games have been revealed yet. Plus yeah, no. Five bucks. So get them, get them quick. <laughs> also, I don't think that one of the things that I 
put up there was included in here. So I have another article that I'm going to put down at the very bottom there. Okie dokie. Um, meantime, oh, wait, no, never are... mind. Oh, okay. We, this, never mind, we talked about that one. Which one? <laughs> I'm really curious to know which one you thought we didn't talk about. The Evolve one. Oh, okay. We talked about it yeah. in the fringe, not on the show. Right, okay. Nothing um, new, Just I just discovered the game. Yeah. Existed. If only you, like, listened to a podcast that could help you discover new games. Why, wouldn't, why on earth would I ever do that? <laughs> so, Oculus VR has trademarked RiftCon uh, because they intend on having a convention to encourage developers to make virtual reality games and to help them, you know, make those games. So, that's pretty exciting. No idea, you know, when it's going to be held or anything, but... Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Well, Sorry. Um, yeah, okay, so... Uh, Oculus Rift. One of the games that you can use an Oculus Rift for was actually given a release date on the PS4 and the PC. It's called Daylight. It's a procedurally horror, or procedurally generated horror game. Um, so yeah, you can put on your Oculus Rift headset, play Daylight, and get the poop scared out of you. Apparently something that's really kind of amusing um, is that you can scare your friends um, by going on Twitch. You can queue in-game events on Twitch. So, like, uh, one of the examples that was given is that you can type in meow, and the game will suddenly make a cat noise. <laughs> that's... So, oh, my gosh, that's great. So, spook your friends. So, get a friend in Oculus Rift, and then go and spend your entire time trolling him on this game. I'm, hmm, I'm curious to know how this works, because the game would have to be aware of the fact that it's being streamed on Twitch, which is not always the case. Yeah. Uh, cause, yeah, like, especially, you know, if I'm using some other, something else to stream to Twitch, like, you know, uh, NVIDIA Shadowplay, or I mean, not Shadowplay, wait, yeah, Shadowplay, yes, um, cause the, the GeForce experience has Twitch integration in it. Hmm. I don't know. I Technology's don't know. weird. But I like it. That's why we talk about it on the show. Well, Ryan and Matt talk about it on their show, I should say. It's all technology. It's a technological convergence. Oh, the Nexus. Um, so Gearbox is claiming that uh, Duke Nukem Mass Destruction, which is the game that's being teased at alloutofgum.com, uh, is making an awful, an an awful, an awful use of their IP. So apparently, after selling the IP to Gearbox, the company 3D Realms sought to convince other companies that that sale never happened and that they should make Duke Nukem games as well. Um, yeah, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, so if Gearbox is telling the truth, I have no idea why 3D Realms thought that they were going to get away with this. Because it's like, it's way too obvious. You can't come out with a Duke Nukem game without Gearbox being aware of it and suing you immediately, which is what happened. But then, on the other hand, if Gearbox is not telling the truth and 3D Realms does still own the IP to, you know, the Duke Nukem franchise, like, did you just go to alloutofgum.com? Yes. God, why did you do that? It's such a terrible site. Because <laughs> I was curious. Wait, were you not here when we when when that first came up? I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember who who was on the podcast at that point. Maybe it was no, because you were here with Declan. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, awkward uh, suing stuff going on. Um, oh, and I just remembered because I'm so smart. 
if you were just listening to all these wonderful headlines that we're talking about, but don't know where to go to find these headlines because you're not on our website right now, just go to thenexus.tv slash EB67. because six and a seven. <laughs> and that's where you'll find all of the links to all of the headlines. Um, the numbers of the devil followed by a jackpot. Sounds about right. Sounds like Vegas. Wouldn't that have to be 6,667 then? No, no, it'd be 666,777. Oh, Lord. Okay. We're going to be doing this show for that long, right? We're going to be alive for that long, right? <laughs> Especially if it's once every month. Let's see. The average human life is what? 70? We'll just say 70 years. 75? Yeah, I don't know. I'm fat. I'm not going to live past 70. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not saying you're fat. I'm saying I'm fat. <laughs> There's a big difference. Um, let's see. How old were when you started at 20? I guess so. so. 50, 50 times 20 is 600. So if we do this show until the day that we die, we will have somewhere around 600 shows. You know, that doesn't seem like very many. I was going to say, no. there be more. For, for most of a lifetime? Hmm. Oh, wait. Sorry. It's weeks. Sorry, you're right. No, it's 52 weeks in a year. Sorry, 52. I was close. Sorry, 50. Uh, okay. So um, 52 times 50 is. So it's sorry, it's 2300. Okay, good. Are you sure? Are you sure? 2300. 50 times 50. It's 25 followed That's by two zeros. 2600. Yeah. What did I say? You were you said like 23. I don't know why I got 23. <laughs> Man, we can math so hard around here. <laughs> I, I, I I do all the math. Hey, do you want to hear about the game that I've been playing recently? Only if it doesn't involve math. Uh, well, it has a pretty big number in its name. Uh, that's about it. So, The Walking Dead... I do like math, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I should know what you're talking about, but I don't. No, you shouldn't. This, is, this, okay. is, this isn't a story that you know. Okay. Actually, um, I won't tell you about that. That's not my business to tell. So, The Walking Dead 400 Days DLC. Um, I finally got around to playing this because uh, I'm about to play the second season of The Walking Dead, and the 400 Days DLC serves as kind of a you know an in-between um, introduction of a lot of the characters that you'll be encountering in the second season. Um, and so it, it basically it gives you a little. Uh, it, it gives you a bulletin board with a bunch of pictures on it as kind of a menu, and you get to pick, you know, whose story you want to play through first. And, you know, you can play them in any order. Um, all of the stories, um, there, there are five character stories that you get to play through, one for a guy named Vince, a guy named Wyatt, uh, a woman named Shell, a guy named Russell, and a woman named Bonnie. Um, and, wait, if there's yeah. a woman named Shell, there's no guy named Gordon? It's spelled uh, S H E L. Not it's not Chell. It's Shell. Yeah. Fine. Um. So all of these stories take place in roughly the same area. Um. Be, and I know this because like there there are a few uh, central locations that keep popping up in each of the stories, such as this. Uh, there's this diner um, slash gas station um, that a lot of them kind of either they like go past it or you see it once or whatever. Um. But they all take place kind of at, at different times, um, and it, each one starts off telling you, you know, how many days it's been since the, you know, the initial outbreak uh, of the zombie apocalypse. Um, 
Now, most of the decisions, so so you know how the decisions that you make in season one are going to carry over to season two. Um, most of the decisions that you made in season one don't affect anything in this DLC at all. Um, there were like one or two things that kind of popped in, but they weren't huge, you know, story storyline things. Um, but the decisions that you make in this DLC for each of these characters uh, will affect how they act at the end of the DLC, and they all have a decision to make at the end of the DLC, which I think will affect, you know, where they are, what they're doing in Season 2 when you meet them. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting, um, and it's it's a nice way to kind of get a feel for these characters before you meet them, which kind of seems like cheating, because when you're playing Season 2, you know, normally you wouldn't know anything about these people when you meet them, um, but now... It, by playing this game, uh, this DLC, you will know something about them. Um, it's like releasing Star Wars Episode One for Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am your father would not have had nearly the same impact, would it? No. <laughs> um, no. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. It it wasn't a very long DLC. Uh, each of the each of the stories is pretty short. They take maybe like mm, I'd I'd say maybe twenty minutes each. So I guess I guess in total it was about an hour. Um, mm. And you know I I'd say if you're if you're invested in The Walking Dead, you know, and you played season one, and you're going to play season two, this is definitely you know you should definitely get this and play it because it's it's only five bucks. Um, and I'll have to bring you a review of season two episode one next week because I haven't played it yet. Um, no, you're doing better than me. Well, which is really strange because I've actually been focusing on like doing schoolwork this semester. Me too. That's why I haven't... Well, actually, that's why I've been not looking at stupid picture sites. Why do I get the feeling that that's not true? As everybody, much. Everybody looks at stupid picture sites. As much. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, let's see. This week... Oh, my gosh. Guess what's releasing this week, Ian? Um, it's something that you're really excited for. Uh, I don't know. I think oh, I know what you're did. talking about, but, I've, but I have a feeling that if I try and say it, you'll steal it from me. Go say it. Thief. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and it's really funny that you're really excited. Pick up on my cue. What? Oh, was I supposed to steal it from you? Oh, yes. stealing! Ah, oh, I get it! Oh, that was brilliant! And I completely missed it. Oh, my God. Oh, oh I'm so mad at myself right now. I set you up for these things, and you failed me. That was really good. <laughs> I set you up, and you bring me down! Uh, so, yeah... I'll start playing that since uh, you have no money, and I pre-ordered it way back in, like, September or whatever. Um, Just share your Steam. I will. Next Wait. time, you know, Wait. we're together, like, physically, and I have access to your computer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week you can expect, for sure, a review of Season 2, Episode 1, The Walking Dead. Um It'll probably take me at least two weeks to to play enough Thief to you know have a good review of it. Um, but so that's that's my plan for the next two weeks. All right. In relation to the podcast, <laughs> I don't really have much of a plan. Well, ooh, actually, okay. Over the next week, I'm gonna compile a list of games. Okay. And uh, that that I have not played that are on my on my list to play and that we have not reviewed yet. Oh, and then start getting through that. Well, I will say vote on one. Ah, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, my gosh. Listener feedback. That'll be great. Yes. Um, and also, oh, obviously, so next week, uh, 
our main topic is going to be uh, building a $700 computer and, you know, telling everybody how well that plays games and, you know, if it's if it's worth your time or if it's, uh, you know, a total waste of money. Hint, it's probably going to be great. Wait, when did I get The Walking Dead Season 2? Uh, did I get it for you for Christmas? So you just got me the original one. No, because the, the season two came out right before Christmas break, so I think I got it for you uh, as a Christmas gift. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Definitely going to have to play through. Have you, uh, you haven't played through the first season yet? No. Oh, okay. Because I know that it sucks you in for two hours, and I don't you, usually have two consecutive hours. You are in for a ride. I'm, I'm also tempted to have this one sit and watch me. Well, uh, yeah, so the I'm nice thing about it is that, yeah, it um, each of the episodes is all, is about two hours long. So if you have, like, time to, uh, you know, watch a movie, then you'll have time to play one of the episodes. And, you know, and you don't have to play, like, the entire game all at once. Yeah. Actually, that would be highly unrecommended because it's emotionally taxing and I can, I you know, I had trouble the second time playing through uh, an entire episode. Even though I knew what was going to come, it was it was still heart-wrenching. That many feels? All of them. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I'll have to have a feel filter. <laughs> anyway. Do they sell those at, like, uh, the local hardware store? Um, I think you can find them online for websites for singles. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not one of those yet. I mean, anymore. Thanks for your confidence. <laughs> no, I, th- I literally meant to say anymore, and the wrong word came out. Well, I'm not planning on returning to that state anytime soon. No. Well, we already know that Sarah has to go to Japan now. So that she can play the PS4, yes. Yes, exactly. Because it's going to be less scarce there than here? I don't know. I mean, hey, I went to Eastern Europe for two and a half weeks. She, she, she can go to Japan for two and a half weeks. Mm. We can make things work. So that's all. That's all we got to talk about this week. Yep. Thanks for joining us, everybody, for this episode of 8-Bit. Yep. I'm Ian Buck. Yep. What's your yep, name? Yep. 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 That guy's Ian Decker. Yep. Signing off. Yanukovych. Even I don't spend that much money on you know Steam trading cards. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't really play the games with the trading cards. They're just collectibles. But I can spend money on them. This is different. It's not competitive. It totally is competitive. Have you noticed that I'm a level 26 and you're like a level 10 or 12 or something? Have you noticed yeah. how little I care? Exactly. But I'm competitive <laughs> and I care. So I'm winning. <laughs> um So, Ian, uh-huh. what'd you do this weekend? Um, well, when do you want to know? Friday or Saturday or this morning? Well, that that's all this weekend, isn't it? That is all this weekend. All right, um, well, Friday was the day, as you guys know, was the day after that stupidly large blizzard. Mm-hmm. I, got to, I got to drive in the aftermath of that. Uh, I tried to. So, Friday night, I had to go to my car. Okay, actually, no, Friday itself was good. Friday mid-afternoon evening, I went over to First Lutheran Church, hung out with some of my professors, and learned how to brew beer. Um, Sounds like an afternoon. 
after that, came back to um, uh, my apartment, packed up really quick, and then... Because um, you were going to Polar Cubs, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Then went to my car. I should note that my car was parked by a big snowbank. Okay. The entire front of the car was buried. I couldn't <laughs> see my front wheels. So I spend... Or okay, and this is after I helped push someone out, so I'm already a little tired and frustrated. Because that's always frustrating trying to get somebody unstuck. Mm-hmm. So I go about unburying and scraping my car. Um, I break my two favorite scrapers around, oh, along the way. <laughs> wow. Um, only to not be able to get the car out that night. Only a Minnesotan would have a favorite ice scraper. Well, I mean, they work so dang well. <laughs> um, and so I, I go to bed frustrated, um, shoot my shoot scribble a text saying, hey, I probably can't make it this weekend. Car is struck, and it looked like the back wheels were literally frozen to the ground. <laughs> so he's like, well, can you please come in still? We really, really, really need you. Okay, I'll try. So I get up the next morning, spend another 40 minutes trying to get the car out. Um, there In the trash room, there was a big bucket full of salt and um, uh, sand, so I bring that over to my car, sprinkle it underneath, um, after, of course, scraping my car off again. Um, and eventually I'm able to wiggle it back and forth, back and forth, and get myself out of the parking space. Okay. Um, then I proceed to drive to camp from there, which took me two hours, a little bit more. Usually it takes me an hour if I'm going fast. Um I should also note that when I was leaving campus, I was spinning out while doing 15 miles an hour, maybe. <gasps> like, I would try and stop the stop sign, it would just be... Nope. So, that was that was terrifying going there. So, when I got to camp, it was... Did you... Yeah, let's see, you guys had a worse blizzard than we did up here, I think. Yeah. Maybe. When I trudged through the snow, um, uh, that was in the field next to my apartment building, it was... Um, or at least the snow bank, the initial snow bank that I had to plow through, which was, of course, towards at the bottom of the hill, was way steep. Wow, yeah. So it was just a little nuts. Um, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, the rest of Saturday went went just fine. Worked at work. It was actually a really laid-back day for me. Helped out Dave for a while with – or helped out the ranger with some things and then mm-hmm. supervised a service project that a local troop was doing. Um, then went home. Was greeted by a loving dog. Oh, um, wait, you were in the cities? Yeah, briefly. Oh, okay, okay, never mind then. Because I was in the cities, oh. and we never met up. No, we didn't. You could have come over and watched me play uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was a couple of hours, and actually, I only, as I said, I only played a few hours, so I'll do a full review um, actually probably sometime around Easter. Yeah. I've had a chance to go back and play through the rest of it. Um, but all I know is within the first 10 minutes, I was getting hit with really hard feels. <laughs> like, to the point where I was actually tearing up and coming kind of close to crying. Really? 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Man, they don't waste any time. No, they don't. Um, so the, the game hits you hard with the feels, so I'm excited to try that more. Um, alright, so I went to bed at about 10, woke up at 6, um, got dressed, went out to my car, Sat down in it really quick to try and turn it on um, so that, while scraping it off so I could get it warmed up, and nothing happens. I mean, the lights turn on, but it doesn't turn over at all. Great. So I go back up into my parents' room. I had said bye to them really quick. Get my dad to come out and 
so we try we we start mom's van, hook up the van to the car's battery, try doing that. That still has no effect. Um, well, test the car's well, battery. If the lights turned on, then shouldn't it? You know, the battery sounds fine. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But my dad was like, "No, we got to double and triple check this," because that's my dad. Um, and so what we think happened um, is the the starter is busted. Okay. So after a while of trying, I my dad just eventually gives me his station wagon to use. So I get down to camp. Another relatively easy day. I I replaced Heidi, who was working at Scout Sunday weekend. How come she was you in the trading left? Room. Why did you leave camp? I didn't. I, but you were at home. Oh yeah, I left to go because my family wanted to see me and hang out with me and have some dinner with me. Okay. I really wish I hadn't though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my family, and that was a really nice evening. But the trade-off was not worth it because now I'm looking down the barrel of the decently high um, repair costs, and I think my parents are going to help me with it, thankfully. But so there's that. Um, got back to campus safe. Roads were decently clear for part of it, though there was some scary spots. Um, and when I got back here, I, of course, had to go and get a new parking permit so that I didn't get um, hit with any uh, tickets. Right. Uh, but thank- yeah, that would suck. But thankfully, um, oh, brain work. Uh, because I already have one, um, and I was just getting a temporary permit. I didn't have to pay anything extra. Nice. So that's the one upside of the day, plus the podcast and Sarah and all that fun stuff. So yay! Yay! I'm, weekend... I'm being serious. I do like hanging out with you. I promise. <laughs> yeah. uh, my weekend went a little bit better, especially in terms of car issues, because uh, <laughs> on on Friday we weren't sure if we were going to be leaving. So so the plan was, you know, uh, four of us, um, Sam, Sonia, Liv, and I were going to go down to the to the cities. Um, the original plan was we were going to go and watch the uh, the Red Bull crashed ice thing uh, that was going on on Saturday night because that looked sweet. Um, mm. I, oddly enough, that didn't happen uh, <laughs> because, well, complicated. But um, on the way down, you know, was, the, the roads were kind of bad. We, we were going like 30, maybe 40 miles an hour on 94 most of the way. So it took us an extra like two hours to get home, but we never, you know, ended up in any ditches or any, any such things. Mm. Um, Liv ended up just going and hanging out with a friend of hers from University of St. Thomas because her friend was having some, like, issues and needed some consolation. Uh, so mm-hmm. Liv actually just kind of left us for the weekend, and she was she was the other person who really wanted to go see Crash Dice. Um, so we ended up uh, hanging out with my family Friday night and, and teaching Sonya magic and having some awesome four-way battles, um, which she actually won both of. Oh, good job. Yeah. Um, and, and that was against Caleb and Sam and I, you know, all very serious players, very uh, experienced, um, and somehow she won. Serious. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, Sam and Caleb are super serious. Like, they were playing with, you know, $100-plus decks, so... Why would you spend that much money on it? Because well, they do. I don't understand it, you know? Even I don't spend that much money on, you know, Steam trading cards. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't really play the games with the trading cards. They're just collectibles. But I can spend money on them. This is different. It's not competitive. It totally is competitive. Have you noticed that I'm a level 26 and you're like a level 10 or 12 or something? Have you noticed yeah. how little I care? Exactly, but I'm competitive <laughs> and I care. So I'm winning. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so then uh, on Saturday we went to uh, Micro Center and bought the one of the last components that we need for Sonya's desktop, and that was the processor. So we're going to be building that this week, and you'll get to hear all about it next weekend. It's going to be great, um, and we'll bring Sonya on the podcast for the first time. Sweet. Um, and then uh, we went to a big old birthday party with my mom's side of the family. There were like seven people having birthdays. Um, so Sonya not only got to meet my immediate family, but got to meet the extended family all in one go. And it went for- well, actually, she has met me, so she has met your, your, your partner in crime. There you go. Yep. And uh, so that went pretty well. Sam just kind of attached himself to me for the whole weekend, you know, never leaving my side and flirting with Jonas up the wazoo. That was, <laughs> that was amusing. That was so funny. <laughs> oh, boy. So so he was jealous. He turned into your, um, uh, actually, to use a Roman term, he turned into your... Uh, oh, Actually, if I can remember the term, um, describe what it what it means. So it's it's actually a figure. Okay, so it was someone who was in one of the lower echelons of society that made themselves um, a big yes man, um, someone who just stuck to the hip of someone up in the higher class and made themselves such amusing company that they couldn't afford <laughs> to not bring them with. Parasite. There we go. So. <laughs> You uh, should tell Sam that, that, that that's so, what you think he was doing. So Sam is now a parasite. Great. Um, um, is actually, that where that word comes from then? Well, no. Um, it wasn't... Uh, Parasitus wasn't the, the name. Actually, the name of the, the guy was uh, translates into sponge. Okay. That's um, also amusing. <laughs> um, so, I mean... Or, or sorry, the the name of the guy who I'm thinking of uh, translated into Sponge. We're reading a play called The Menike Me, uh, which is the predecessor to Shakespeare's um, Comedy of Errors. So this is what Shakespeare stole the ideas for Comedy of Errors from. Okay, okay. Because um, even Shakespeare's uh, ideas weren't always original. Never. <laughs> Woohoo! There, there's no such thing as an original Shakespeare. They're all readaptations of older stories. What? Yeah, that's depressing um but yeah I've so read quite a few of the original ones too i just kind of got to hang out with sony and sam for a whole weekend and it was pretty sweet does sound like a fun day or a fun few days also speaking of sonya you 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 her and i and sarah should do a double date sometime sure should it be on canoes should we be on canoes well we do need <laughs> to start training for that yeah yeah we do um do people have we told people about that plan yet on the show uh Maybe. I don't know. Um, so the plan is that in 2015, summer of 2015, after we all graduate, uh, we're going to canoe down the Mississippi River from start to finish, and it's going to be awesome. Yep. But we need to do some serious training, partially for the sake of timing and knowing how far we can go in the day, partially for the sake of us not dying out there on the river after mm-hmm. working for so hard. I should start lifting, bro. Yes. I've been swimming. That's good. That's... Sarah says I've been looking slimmer. I don't necessarily believe her, but I, she says I've been looking slimmer. It's the truth. Can you get into a canoe without any help? I don't know. From, from inside the water. I don't know. That was my bane. That was the hardest part of the canoeing merit badge by far. And I couldn't get it. That was the one thing that kept me from getting the stupid merit badge. That one thing. And I, Do you remember when... Um, 
when we were like practicing for it with somebody else already in the canoe trying to hold it steady, I was your partner, and I'm sitting in the canoe trying to like act as much as a counterweight as possible. <laughs> I thought it was somebody else. I don't remember it being you. I th- I, th- I think I remember. Well, I definitely remember doing that. And no matter who it was, you know, I was much smaller than them anyway. Yeah. Because I was a tiny child. Yeah. Yes, you were. Oh. Also, for those of you who don't know, me and Buck physically, Ian Buck, whenever we or while we were growing up until like part of the way through high school, was always a head shorter than me. Like the top of his head came up to my chin, and now he's a couple inches taller than I am. Just a little more than a couple. How tall are you? Six three. Then you're only one inch taller than me. Am I? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. fine. What? A, wait, are you really as tall as my dad now? I yeah. Wow. Okay. He's catching up again. I know, right? Well, maybe your dad's just shrinking. You know, it's a possibility. <laughs> and I don't think that he would like you saying that. <laughs> Which means that you need to tell him that I said it, right? <laughs> yep, of course. 